Around the world, as promised, a remnant remains who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Remnant Podcast. All right, man. So we're back again. We're back again. With our by the book Bible study. Still in Romans. Man, I look see myself in the camera there. I need a haircut. Uh, still in Romans. Yeah. Of course, it's actually going to be in Romans for a long time, most likely. But I was thinking on a different note before we dive into this that maybe along the way, one weekend a month or something like that, rather than doing Romans, we may do topics that are like Bible topics, maybe like yeah. the rapture or something to do with end times or something that kind of comes to our mind. But yes, we're, yeah. we want to stay with Romans. So you and I have both had very busy weeks. Very busy weeks. But you did have some time to spend in Romans. So lead us off, brother. I believe we ended with 13. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Like you said, I read busy week. verse 14, but I didn't really, we didn't really get to cover it. Yeah. So verse 14, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So in my studying of this what I come up with what I don't want to say came up with um, my understanding Mm -hmm. of it is you know Paul had an obligation and a duty to teach the gospel yes and and to everyone whether educated or uneducated, it did not matter. The gospel is for everyone. Yes, yes, yeah. I agree that you know. I think that's the way it's worded. Maybe is a little bit not like we would word it, but right. Yeah, that's the point. Is to the rich, to the poor, to the intellectuals, to the just everyday common man, yes. to the even, you know. To the barbarians, so to speak. Now, that was actually a place and stuff. But, um, you know, like even with, there was this inner tension between Israel and Samaria, the Samaritan people. Yeah. And it comes out several places in the New Testament. Um, but the gospel was to the Samaritan. It was to everybody. You know, it was the Samaritans were these people that were, the Jews looked at them as like, you're basically impure blood. You know, you're hybrids because Israel and Samaritans had mixed at one time. And, um, it's kind of this the same thinking here with the with this barbarians. You know, it's the enemies of the United States. Let's say this would be how we would say this in modern times. Yeah, I'm indebted to preach the gospel both to Americans and Russians. Yeah, you know, both to Russians and Chinese, and that's that's something we need to take to heart. You yeah, know? yeah, it really. That's is. kind of what I get out of that. But go ahead. Well, and I mean, I just. This is my own observation. A lot of times, if if you weren't raised up in church and you're highly educated, it's a lot harder to get through the gospel to those people. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you were raised up in the in church and then you went to a higher education, you kind of have that in the back of your mind, and you and you you may not keep it in the front, but you you know when they're teaching you and they're telling you this is wrong, you kind of know. That's not the way I was taught. So mm-hmm. maybe that's easier. But someone who's not of higher education, 
and has maybe even towards the lower side of the economic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting them to to believe and understand the bible is actually it's easier to get through to them yeah honestly it is because um what we call higher education is at times indistinguishable from indoctrination yes you know of course when we're dealing with just things of facts and artifacts and stuff like that higher education is it's awesome you know yeah. to be able to like to learn the greek language or to learn the hebrew language or to learn the things of science is awesome but with academia in these days mm-hmm. there's also a narrative at play oh, yeah. you know there's this anti-christian agenda at play and everywhere everywhere even my friend in seminaries yes. sometimes yeah. even in bible colleges it's like some of the stuff they teach is mind-blowing and yeah, you're right. And honestly, the Bible does teach that that the poor man, whether it be poor intellectually speaking or poor financially speaking, receives the gospel easier, better than the rich man, whether his riches be in finances yeah. or intellectually rich or whatever you know. And so, the, you know, the grace of God is often shown in a, in poverty. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's a different subject there, but. It's a good point. It's good to point it out, you know. And even for me, you know, just thinking about this applied to my life, I'm a I am a preacher, and we in the flesh we have this natural tendency to want to preach to, you know, maybe people that we would look at as societally, you know, higher up or whatever, economically better off or intellectually superior or something. But really, you're going to have a whole lot more effect if you just preach yeah. to the poor and to the brokenhearted, and you know, because they do receive it because they realize they need Jesus. Man. Yeah, the intellectual man's so full of himself he don't see his need. You in know the what end, I'm in the end, you're going to be the one with the riches. That's right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Carry on, man. All right. So in fifteen, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you. Who are in Rome also. So I believe Paul was ready to do whatever it took under God's will to get to Rome to, to preach. I mean, we talked about it last week. He was fired up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to add to that or to mm-hmm. this verse, but the key the whole emphasis of that particular verse is the phrase as much as is in me. Exactly. You know, with all of my heart, mind, will, all mm-hmm. of it, you know, uh, he wants to get to them that are at Rome. And he kind of told us why in the beginning. Their faith was it was famous. Oh, they yeah. had heard of their faith. He had a desire to go, a longing to go. He had been hindered up until this point. And he's saying, as much as is within me, uh, he wants to preach the gospel to him. And here's what's amazing. That's actually what he's about to start doing, you know, yeah. in writing. Yep. And so, yeah, we can just jump right into the next verse if you want to. All right, Romans one sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Lord of mercy, if I don't talk about it, I mean, I could go with this one verse forever. <laughs> I actually spent a lot of time on this Okay, one. yeah, I want to hear it from you first then, because we all know I'm a loudmouth. All right, so... What I feel Paul, or what I, I guess what I believe he was 
saying this, Paul was unashamed of the gospel. He had been ridiculed, criticized, and physically persecuted, and still nothing was going to stop Paul's determination to share the gospel. Only God's power is able to overcome man's sinful ways and rescue us from our sins and eternal punishment. Absolutely. He, the way that he words this, I love it. He says, I'm not ashamed of it. For it, and really, it alone, mm-hmm. it is the power of God. It says to salvation or unto salvation or for salvation. The gospel, and man, we got people need to grab a hold of this. They want you to preach every other thing. You know, you're going to missionary, whatever. They or mission. They they want you to preach every other thing but the gospel. And like, let's say it's your first time being able to address a crowd somewhere. Maybe you're. I got a friend right now that's down on in Mexico on the border. Uh, there's only really one thing that you can preach there. And if we have faith in the word of God, we've got to get it into our minds. The power of God, or the, I mean the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that is the power of God to save. And so what I'm saying is when people hear the gospel, it's accompanied by the power of God. It does something in their heart. You and I can reason with these people and present thousands of evidences for the truth of it all. But what's actually going to convert the heart and mind and soul is the gospel. Yeah. The gospel, the fact that God, you know, took upon himself the nature of man and flesh and lived without sin. That's, you know, that's yeah. another thing. We can get into that, but I don't, I don't want to rob the, you know, I don't want to steal the whole conversation away here. But it's super duper important what he says that he's not ashamed of the gospel. He's not ashamed to tell a person, well, you have sin, but guess what? Christ died to pay for your sin. Yep. And I don't care if to the Greeks it's foolishness, because that's what he says in another place later as we get into mm-hmm. Romans. They're going to say this is foolish. Oh, it's foolish you think God became a man. Oh, it's foolish that a man would have to die for the sins of another man. Oh, it's foolish you know that there's a such thing as a resurrection. I don't care if you say it's foolish. I don't care if the world thinks it's foolish. That, that message, that gospel, that truth that it happened, that is what saves people, man. And yeah. that's it. That's the only thing that we'll really? see. Not not any other means that we may have, any, any other hopes. No. It's the gospel alone that saves. And so I, don't, I was getting lost there. but And also, to you take that part. To everyone, it says, that believeth. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you have any notes about that? That the gospel is not a racist gospel. Is not. It doesn't. Yeah. It's to, again to the barbarians, to the wise, to the unwise, to the Greeks, to the right. to the Jews, to the Americans, to the Russians, to the Chinese, to the rich, to the poor, to the everything. Right. To everyone who believes. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it's everyone. amazing. Really, yeah. it's good news. You know, that, that's what gospel means. Go ahead. Well, you know what I was going to say. Knowing what Paul went through. A lot of people thought, had to have thought that he should be ashamed of this because, I mean, he was, he was, when I, when I, I put in there that he was ridiculed, criticized, and physically persecuted, that's what he went through. He was laughed at. He was whipped and he was imprisoned. Yeah. And you would think, you know, lost all his friends. Yeah. His and you would countrymen. think you'd say, well, this man, he's, What's wrong with him? Why is he still trying? But it's how passionate Paul was about this. I mean, it's amazing, ain't it? 
Yeah. It's amazing to think about in Paul's time. Because, like, at this point, we stand on the shoulders of giants, so to speak. We have this long Christian history yeah. to stand on and to feel sure mm-hmm. and secure in. And he was, he, he was like a pioneer. You know, God, or Christ, you know, called him, saved him, and sent him. But he was one of the first people to ever go preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Ain't that amazing that Paul, the apostle, was one of, if not the first person to ever preach the gospel to the world. And so he was a pioneer. He was paving, you know, he had to, he, man, yeah. he dealt with the hardest thing that any evangelist would ever deal yeah. with. He was beaten, you know, shipwrecked, imprisoned. Uh, half of his stuff or more is written in prison, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, Amazing to think about. And also what I'm saying is he didn't have that inner sort of assurance and history and all this to kind yeah. of stand upon. He didn't. Yeah. He was. It's amazing. The well, man was amazing. It's a lot easier for us now. That's what I'm getting at. Right. Yeah. That's right. We we have his writings. We have Paul's yeah. writings to stand on and to use and to learn from. And we have this big, long history of Christianity. Yeah. And they didn't have it then. But you at know. the same time, I mean, there was a lot of people, I won't say a lot of people, there was a, a good number of people that actually seen what happened on that cross. And this, in yes, that, yes, you know, true. so he at this point is really saying, look, I seen it. This is what, you know, mm-hmm. and so I, I just wonder, had he not seen all that, would his message have been the same? afterwards no. it would no. i mean Mm-mm. no and so he has that benefit that we don't have we didn't right. get to see it live and in person and, right. and also he had an encounter with christ it was very unique to him in fact we're not re- we don't read of anyone else having a, that particular type of encounter with christ and so god gave paul what paul needed inside to make paul who he was same with moses yep moses without the burning bush experience would have not been the moses that we read about moses himself needed to be strengthened in his faith to be able to go before Pharaoh. And so like Moses was like, Lord, you know, how is, am I going to get Pharaoh's attention or how am I going to do this? And God was like, stick your arm in your, in your vest or your robe. He did. He said, pull it out. And it was leprous. So put it again, pulled it out. It was healed. God did that for Moses. Yeah. To say, I am with you, man. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. I'm going to show you signs and do a work through you that the world will not believe. And it, you know, and Paul, same thing. God, here, I rabbit trailed again. It's a preacher in me. But God does that for us. Yeah. For whatever you're called to do, He equips you, even if that means strengthening your faith through giving you, you know, sometimes everybody has a different calling. Sometimes we're strengthened through th- suffering, sometimes we're strengthened through answered prayer and we're yeah. like we know that the lord still hears us you know but he gives us what we need and equips us to perform the tasks that he calls us to do and so for paul that that was that definitely happened is that are you yeah. are you done on that verse yeah or? i'm done on 16 okay because the next verse is also huge yeah well <laughs> you know what i'm saying go it ahead it really is <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> for in it the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yes. You take it. And I'm not going to lie. I I was, I probably read 17 more than any of the others. Cause I was, 
trying to put it together in my head. Mm-hmm. I really was. As mm-hmm. as much as I read it, it was like it was almost there. It was almost there. It was like when you know you got to sneeze and it's close, yeah. but you can't. <laughs> and that's how I. That's almost how I felt. So, given that, I don't know how correct I am on how I, yeah, how, ahead, I how I interpret this, but is you know, man falls short of the standard of moral perfection, but the gospel re- reveals that on the bias of faith and faith alone, God will assign his righteousness to ungodly sinners. Every time we use our faith, God's righteousness is revealed, and every time we use our faith, it gets stronger. I love it. That's very well, well, very well said. That's exactly what it says. It, that that's exactly what it means. Um, first, because it says, let's read both verses together, because that they actually go together. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it—that's the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. For therein, in the gospel, for therein, I, I skipped the Jew and the Greek part, mm-hmm. but for therein, in other words, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. Mm-hmm. And then as you covered the from faith to faith part. But it's saying, it's so powerful in the depth of this, that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed or made manifest. What exactly does that mean? I'll give you my thoughts on it. It may sound, and he, Paul, I know this is part of what's in his mind because he has to defend this on two or three separate occasions. Well, actually, many occasions. The reason the gospel sounds foolish to man is it doesn't sound righteous to man. It sounds like it's cheating. All I got to do is believe something. And by that believing, I can be justified from all things which I couldn't be justified by the law of Moses, as they said in the book of Acts. Yeah. That don't sound right. That doesn't make sense to the human mind. That yeah. doesn't even sound righteous. It sounds like that's it's, that's a scam. Like it's, you know, it's, it's cheating. You're, you know, yeah. It's too easy. It's too good to be true. All these kinds of things. And so it doesn't make sense to the logic or the mind of man. And it doesn't make sense. How, how does he word it here? Oh, that that it's that it's righteous, and that's call. It actually causes it the righteousness of God. Yes. And that phrase he uses in the book of Romans yep. four times, mm-hmm. and we'll get into those times later on. But it calls it this is this is God's righteousness being revealed in the gospel, and it's and so when you really do begin to study out the gospel, you really do begin to understand the righteousness that is in the gospel that Christ it's right in other words for God to save people this way by yeah. faith that's right if God first of all if God chose to save you by your works you'd never be saved none right. of us would ever nope. be saved and so some people here and they did they made this claim that you know Paul his message make, makes God unrighteous that's you know that we what are you saying we don't have to be you know perfect we don't have to be perfect law keepers before God you're saying all I got to do is believe that's not right why does another man even have to die for my sins that's not right and he's defending that here I know that he is because he unpacks it later yeah. you don't really get to see it all here but he's saying in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed and guess what he says 
later on, and he indicates it here, that that God-righteousness is accounted to you, in other words, imputed to you, accredited to you that believe. It's amazing. It yeah. says it again in chapter uh, 3 or 4. I can't remember, and we'll get to it you know, eventually, a month or two down the road, and I'll go on forever whenever we get to it there. But that is that is amazing, man. Yeah. It, and, and God is right in doing it. And God is the only – I mean – God is the standard of righteousness, really, you know, and the way that he chose to save mankind, it is it is righteous in the way that he done it and to account righteousness to us. And so all right, I ran on with it like I do <laughs> from faith to faith. <coughs> you you basically broke that down very well. There is a lot. It's a it's a confusing way it, the way it's worded. And so there's a lot of different viewpoints on it. I, what you say is what I agree with, and I, but I also think it could. There's a dynamic there that could be from the faith of Christ, because Christ was faithful. It says that in several places yeah. that He was faithful. He was faithful to see the job through. He was faithful to His Father the entire time, and so from His faith and faithfulness in the gospel. Through his faithfulness to achieve the work, our we can have faith in him. Yes, and it's from his faith to our faith, and and also from faith to faith. Being you know, faith is a, you know, when when you and I are doing this podcast, we're doing it by faith. Yeah, in other words, we're doing what we're doing because we believe in what we're reading. That's right. We believe in what we're saying, and a person out there might come to faith through the work that we're doing. That we're doing a work of faith, and so in that sense too, there's this reciprocal. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, last part you want to you want to go on that the just shall live by faith do you have any notes on that that last part of verse uh, 17 I mean I don't have any notes on it but yeah well what do you think about that phrase the just shall live by faith Or the justified, the saved is really what it's saying. We'll live by faith. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I, I mean, if you're saved and you've already felt the power of the Lord, I, I don't see any reason not to have faith mm-hmm. that he's going to that the Lord will keep his promises mm-hmm. I mean you do his works and you know we all know what the end prize is mm-hmm. and you got to have faith because you can't having believing in something you can't see is not easy but you've got You've got to have you've got to have that faith, and like I said earlier, that the faith, you know, every time you use it, it's like going using the same muscle for your job every day. The more you do it, the stronger it gets. Well, the more you use your faith, the stronger your faith is going to get. Mm-hmm. I agree, and also I think in the Bible, there's an unspoken concept in the word faith. We might use the word faith. I've heard people use the word faith like if they're getting on a plane. They'll say, well, I just have faith that the plane's not going to crash. But what what they mean is like they're saying, I have faith that 
the architects, the designers, the engineers, the mechanics that worked on this plane did a good job. Yep. I have faith in the uh, dependability of the motor, whatever. I have faith in the pilot. So they're saying they have faith founded in, you know, these objects or whatever. But biblically speaking, the word faith is always and all, always and ever will be connected directly to God. Yeah. In other words, there's no concept in the Bible of faith in the airplane, you know, faith in right. the motor or whatever. And what I'm what I'm getting at is this: there's this unspoken sort of concept that's built into this word faith. And when we use the term faith in Christianity, we always mean in God, faith in God. The just shall live by faith in God. God. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's just unspoken, but it's understood right to a student of the bible that that's always what it means saved by faith in god mm-hmm. live by faith in god and so what to me that that means is kind of simple people can complicate it what it's saying is connected to even what we're doing right now we're doing this podcast by faith by faith does not mean some mystical mysterious dark hope that I, you know, of something I don't understand, like, oh, I hope, uh, you know, Christ is coming back, or oh, I hope this, or hope that. That's not what faith means. When you pray, when you kneel to pray, why did you kneel? Well, because you're a believer. Right. <laughs> that was a move of faith. Even if you didn't think about it, maybe you wasn't feeling so in tune with the Lord that day you got down and prayed. Or this morning you got down and prayed. But the fact that you got down and prayed is because of your faith. It's because you're a believer. It's because you believe there's a God to talk to and that he has ears to hear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you came to church today, that's because of your faith, because of what you believe. Yep. People think that faith is just this something that they're having to muster from within and manifest. And it's like they're trying to they, they kind of confuse the words hope and faith and you know all i'm getting at is the just shall live by their faith it kind of simplifies down to this way the bible often calls something the faith the faith being that christ died yeah you know that he taught certain ways that we should live things we should do things that we shouldn't do and christ is coming back again and those kinds of things and that all together makes up this body of what we call the faith and when a person believes in all of that they live it out and so you don't curse right you don't get drunk you don't do drugs you know you're faithful to your wife that's what it means living by the faith right it's the same thing as you'll know them by their fruit you know, corrupt tree, a corrupt tree can't bring forth good fruit. It's it's very similar to that. And so that's how we live by our faith. You know, the fact we open this Bible right now is a move of faith, even though because of the common way of thinking of faith, you probably don't think of it that way when you open your Bible, that you was moved by faith to do it. But you was. Right. If you was an unbeliever, you wouldn't be reading it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, man, I did the same no, thing you. I always do. I just, you know. <coughs> My grandfather always told me, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You should talk half as much as you listen. <laughs> it's just in me, though, man. I get yeah. drunk up. So, uh, You want to go on? or will you, yeah. how, how you wanna, how we, can, we can go. Yeah, go ahead. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
You want to read 19 too? Cause it 19 yep, goes on 19, to a period. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where I, that's actually in my notes Yeah, because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. You know that I can just go on with these verses forever, man. So give us what you got. So my understanding, and this is not just from reading this, it's, it's actually from being a follower. God's wrath is not uh, an impulsive outburst of anger aimed at people that God does not like. Amen. It is a response of a righteous God against sin and wrongdoing because whether you want to admit it or not you know god exists in the very nature of men by reasons of moral law you know god has planted evidence of his existence everywhere absolutely it's just how you want to look i mean a lot of people We've talked about this before, you know, we're creationists, mm-hmm. you know, but there's the whole Big Bang Theory. Um, but I think it was your your Bible study that you did on creation, mm-hmm. and you talked about the inner workings of the ear. Mm-hmm. That is something that is created i mean i don't see how ain't no way how the, the operations <laughs> of just the human body alone just don't even think about anything else just the human body alone and what your eyes are really doing your eyes don't just see there's a lot behind that that's right there's a lot behind hearing in your ears mm-hmm. and in the way we talk and the way our body you know digest is down mm-hmm. to a design that doesn't just happen no man it honestly doesn't and he's saying that we get to this later, but these these people, these unbelievers, mm-hmm. are suppressing the truth. In other words, they know yeah. the truth. Yeah, exactly. They're having to try to not believe the truth. Yep. You know, they're try, they're having to try and hide the the witness that is within them. They're having to. I heard Richard, Richard Dawkins, famous evolutionist guy, say one time that it came naturally for mankind to look at living things and see the design. Yeah. He said, you have to train yourself to not see the design. And he's an atheist. He's an anti-Christian atheist. He has said some of the most vile things about God you have ever heard in your life. I I wouldn't even quote it for fear of my own life. And he's admitting this verse without realizing it. He's saying, look, I know it looks designed. I know it looks created. But you have to convince yourself that it isn't. That's literally what he's saying. And he's an evolution professor guy. And that's what he's teaching his kids. And he's saying, we know it's not created because we know God doesn't exist. So it don't matter how much it looks created to you. It doesn't matter how much it looks like designed to you. It's not. Don't believe your lying eyes, in other words. Yeah. It's exactly what this, what it says. And for that cause, the wrath of God is yeah. coming upon each individual that is an atheist, that, you know, that's an unbeliever. Yeah, because they're choosing not to see it, like you said. And they're having to actively suppress that within them, that they know. We know within us. There's not a true atheist. An atheist is a person who's actually fighting against their own soul in a sense mm-hmm. that's screaming to them every day god is real 
Yep. God is real. God is true. You know, God is there. And so I always say there's no such thing as a true atheist. Everybody knows God exists because of what this says. And what you was focusing on is that that which may be known of God is manifest or made visible in them, mm -hmm. in them. For God has showed it to them. I think about the fact that we have a soul. Yeah. I don't, I've never personally met a human that denies that they have a soul. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even the atheist is like, I got a soul. But where did it come from? It didn't come from the material you're made of. You see what I'm saying? The fact that we all know that we have a soul. There you go. Proof of God. Right there. Just, just that. Well, and here's, okay. So you asked the question, where does it come from? Where does it go? Right. You can't just you don't just it you don't just die and get laid in the ground. No. The soul has two different locations or you mm -hmm. know, a choice between two different yes. locations. Right. So And the thing is, you know, this the soul being an evidence in itself of God, you can look at that body in a casket. Mm hmm Your loved one. So I'm not making light of it. Death is a sad thing. Right. But what happened? What's the difference? The brain is still there. Mm -hmm. The heart is still there. The lungs are still there. All of the organs are still there. I'm saying all of the oxygen, you know, all of the elements, the rudimentary elements, the base things, the protons, neutrons, electrons, all of it is still there. There's the whole body intact. What happened? The soul is left. Yeah. And if you're ever sitting there or standing there and looking at them, they don't look different because the soul makes you. That's right. Who you are, because the type of person you are, it's mm -hmm. it's God created your soul. It's the person you were. Yeah, your soul is your true you, so right. to speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's just while I'm getting at is the ingredients of the body are all still right there, but there's no life. Why is there no life there? I mean, someone's be like, well, he's not breathing. That's not what we're getting at. Mm -mm. What has left this body? that we once called alive and now we don't the soul has departed the body yeah and the soul everybody knows they have a soul what is it that if you want to look at you know if you're an atheist person trying to deny god's existence let me ask you a question if you're just nothing but a body and you're so you're made up of all of the you know the elements that make up a human body carbon hydrogen you know zinc copper all these trace elements and all these things that we're made up of mostly water you know hydrogen yeah. and oxygen what is it when you lay down at night and you feel guilt where'd that come from do you think that hydrogen and oxygen and carbon can produce guilt mm. you see what i'm saying do yeah. you think that the protons and neutrons and electrons clanging into one another can make you feel guilty before God or even feel love or all of these kinds of things. Do you think that a thought, even just a thought, is produced by the material? No. You mm -mm. get what I'm saying? Yeah. Thoughts and intents of the heart come from the heart and from the mind. That's why Jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out. For out of the heart proceed the issues of life. Out of the heart exactly. come forth all of this stuff. You see what I'm saying? Man, the proof is in us. And we need to always, always, always remember that. If you ever find yourself doubting God's, that God listens, sees, and is present, 
the fact you're breathing is it should be enough for you to be like no god is as real as i am you know god god yeah. is more real essentially but we should never doubt god honestly we should never doubt i'm not saying that you know you shouldn't maybe doubt whether or not you're going to be delivered out of something but i'm just saying the fact that god exists and that this is his word man I, I i'm so convinced I'll, i'm going to end up dying for it one day i feel pretty sure yeah i'm so convinced i know yep. that it's true and it and it is manifest in us and now someone say one more thing and i'll shut up watch a documentary one time and it was like 40 scientists robotic uh people that do robotics and stuff like that had come together this was like korean or something and they were trying to reproduce a human hand for a robot now they wasn't trying to make it look like flesh and they wasn't trying to like, like make it look like a human hand but they wanted it to be able to do everything that a human hand could do mm. and this was like a 30 million dollar project to create a human hand for a robot and what the scientists and engineers ended up saying at the end of this thing they created their little version of a hand it was like a three finger claw deal Mm -hmm. and they basically said that the human just a single finger on the human body was more advanced and complicated than anything that 40 million dollars and 40 scientists in four years could create on earth and that just the finger alone was proof in their minds that the human body didn't evolve by accident that it was designed they still wasn't saying you know they believed in christ or nothing but they said just your finger is enough in their minds engineers scientists you know robot designers just your finger is enough proof to them that that thing was made yeah because it has thousands of sensors and you know and can heal even it can and that's what they was talking about the difficulty with the robotic hand was that the robot can't sense like we can sense you go to pick up a cup we don't even think about this happening you squeeze it just tight enough to pick it up where it doesn't slip yep. but not tight enough that you're wasting energy yeah you, you just you're, it just automatically happens yep. you know what i'm saying or you go and all the movements like they was talking about just getting a robot to be able to turn a doorknob was difficult or pull a trigger on a gun like all these fine-tuned things it is, it is amazing to me you know I, I praise god for it it's amazing to me proof is in us god exists proof is in us we don't have to go anywhere else much less yeah. the billions of other examples out there yeah. in the world oh man i mean like i said just the human body itself I yes mean, yeah the brain is the operation center for the whole body that's right that's right that, that can't i don't see how you could feasibly explain how that was just created out of nowhere I mean, how that just came out of nowhere. You have to choose. You have to be, as it says again later, willfully ignorant. You have to choose to turn the blind eye to the truth of God, man. People grab that, please. But I'm see, not making that up. No. You have to choose to be an unbeliever. Believing in God is what comes natural to the man. But to us, it's hard to grasp the concept of how you're not, how you would willfully deny yeah, to me, hard. I can't. I don't. I can't grasp it. It's very. It is very hard to understand. Although at one time I was a denier, you know, believing myself to be right in my own eyes. All this stuff that it says. Mm-hmm. When I was twenty-seven years old, I was a denier. Went through this phase of what I called agnostic, or what they call agnostic, which means I don't know if there is or isn't a God, but I, I really couldn't care less back then. Right. And 
man, I thought I was so smart. <laughs> Honestly, I did. I thought I was like, you know, I was just, I am a very philosophical person, but I thought, oh, I had thought it all through. And, you know, I didn't believe in evolution, really. So I had a contradiction in my own mind. But I did believe in the Big Bang. And 15 billion years ago, a little dot exploded. I believe so many stupid things now. That when I ask myself these questions, like, how did you believe that? Man, I don't know. I was indoctrinated by the world school system and the world, you know yeah. what I mean? And so that takes indoctrination to ever get people to deny the truth that is in them. And we ultimately do suppress that truth. You know, your unbelieving neighbor down the road, he's suppressing the truth in himself. He knows that there's a God. And we're going to see he knows that there's a God in an even more real way, like we're going to come to it in a minute. He even knows there's a moral, a moral law of that God. Yep. It's built into him. Mm -hmm. He can't escape it. But anyway, you go ahead and carry on with whatever you wanted to get to. I wasn't able to continue with my notes, but we'll go okay. We'll go on to 20. I think I should be able to talk on this without my notes. Okay. Uh, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Mm. This verse is huge, man. Yeah. And a lot of it was us. A lot of this we've already covered because really, um, man, 17, 18, 19, 20, I mean, it all really fits in together. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, we, we pretty much, already covered since the creation of the world the invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood um the things that are made yes i mean get off let's go ahead and get off the human body and we'll use another example let's use a crab that lives in the water in the ocean Okay, that armor was created for the crab to protect them from predators. That crab is able to live underwater. It has its def. It's also mm -hmm. its weapons. Mm -hmm. So, you know, since the creation of uh, since the creation, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. We really unpacked a lot of this between verse 18 and verse 20. But the reason I like verse 20 so much is it is a summary of everything that he has just yeah. said. He has brought it all together into one really sharp point. And that sharp point is even magnifying things we have already said in these in this wording. Okay, so the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. I already talked about that. We already know God exists. Yep. It's manifesting us. He says, being understood by the things that are made. And he, we kind of already talked about that because that which may be known of God is manifesting us. But then he says he takes it to its final sharpest point it's, that pierces right through the minds of man. Even his eternal power. Mm-hmm. And Godhead, which would be like his divine nature, his triune nature, his relational, his relationship nature. He's not, in other words, he's not, this is why you're without excuse, Alan. This yeah. is why I'm without excuse. This is why the world is without excuse. He's not just saying that nature itself is sufficient evidence to show you God exists. 
No, he's actually saying it doesn't show you only that he exists, but it shows you even his eternal power and divine nature. Yep. So it's not just that we can see by the evidence of design. Oh, okay, yeah. So a God exists. No, 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 no. It's not what that's that's his ultimate point is that's what he's getting right. at. There is sufficient evidence to show you that the God of the Bible is the God that exists and that he has eternal power. And all of the things, the right to judge, all of the things that he's going to get into. And here's what I think about the sun, mm-hmm. the sun, uh, like I'm saying, the stars, the sun, right. the moon, the sun. It only makes sense to my mind if the sun is a created thing, which it is. We know it is. The Bible yep. says it is. Then whatever created it has to be greater than it. Right. You see what I'm saying? The power of the sun. Man powers the earth, powers, you know, uh, all the plant life and everything. This, the power of the sun is insane. It's, you know, it's like thousands of nuclear bombs all going off at one time. And guess what? Sun ain't lost one single bit of energy in the thousands of years that we've been monitoring it. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? There's a mystery there. There really is. The, don't think that we fully understand the sun. We don't. They don't really know what's happening inside there. They might would say it's some type of nuclear fusion going on or some fission or something like that. But the sun is stable. It's the exact same size today as it was 6,000 years ago. It rises every single day in yeah. our sky, and it heats the whole planet. And it's just what I'm saying is as powerful as the sun is, God's so much more powerful. Even his eternal power and Godhead is clearly seen by the things that are made. That's all I'm getting at. You know, Katrina and I wrote a song. Surely he who made the heart knows how to love. Mm -hmm. Surely he who made the eyes can see. Surely he who made the ears can hear. Mm -hmm. So when we, we can see the evidences of God and the power of God and the omnipresence of God and the eternal nature of God fully without even having the word of God. Without even having the word of God, you can see if you apply your mind that through the stars, through the sun, through the elements, through the forces of nature, through magnetism, through electricity, through all these kinds of things, that the God that made it must be greater than it. It's mind blowing to me. And that is really, that's his ultimate point because he he ends by saying, therefore you're without excuse. Mm -hmm. You see that? So that they are without excuse. We have no yeah, that's the end of verse twenty. Yeah, yeah. So, so there, that's, we have no excuse. He's not even. He's not just saying it's obvious God exists. He's saying even the attributes of God are obvious in the in nature. You get you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, but yet they, the people, some people still find a way to make an excuse. Even though right there, just like you said, there is no excuse. Yeah, yeah, there is no true reason. It, everything is just an excuse. You know, yes. anything they could come up with, it's an excuse. And man, I, brother, this is like, you know, I really wish, you know, you and I are going to go out and do street interviews very soon. Yep. Lord of mercy, if we can ever get caught up on life. You know, I mean, we got so much going on, man, honestly. <laughs> um, I'm more down here, more down, but we're going to go out and do street interviews and we're going to run into people who say, there ain't no proof of God. The minute they say that, you and I will remember this 
and be like, you guys, you should, you mean, proceed with caution, but you already know the man's lying to himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we you're already going to know that. And we're going to run into people that say that kind of thing, you know? And this is a verse that we need to study out and learn really well and believe in ourselves and, you know, really grab yeah. hold of it by our own faith. That no, the truth is the evidence of God, man, you're breathing, you're standing there breathing, you're thinking, mm-hmm. you're thinking being. You know, you're speaking. The proof of God is everywhere. It's amazing. It's a super duper powerful point. And um, it, when you can, by faith, you know, believing in this word and doing what we're doing, studying this word, what will happen in your life, in my life, in the life of anyone who really pours themselves into this, is you will rise above many of your equals in wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're at your workplace, yeah. Uh, at your church, if you're a student of the Bible or whatever, um, in any field you go into, when you get your mind wrapped around the things that this word says, you will stand out in the crowd. They'll say, "I want to hear what Alan has to say about this." I want, you know, well, Daniel, you know, Daniel was a student of the Bible in the Old Testament days, and he rose up to be. Uh, very high up in the kingdom because there it says there was an excellent spirit in him, you know. And th- when we learn these things, I'm saying when you like what this helps you do is see right to the heart of the man that you're standing there talking to when he's like, hey, you know, God, you it's like I can see right through your thoughts. I, I, I can see right into your heart. You know, there's a God. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it, it, this is our wisdom. The Bible even says that. Honestly, I didn't just make it up. It says that <coughs> that, that Christ. In the teachings of Christ and this word, it is our wisdom, it is our righteousness, it is our everything. And so, I, to me, those studying creation, you know, this is a passion yep. of mine. Yep. I've done creation presentations at our church and other churches, and I've studied this stuff for the better part of 11 years. And it, it, do, it really does. It's like it helps your brain be retrained from all the indoctrination mm-hmm. you was exposed to and all that, you know. So, anyway... Let's see. We've been going 50 minutes already. You want to wrap it up? You good with wrapping it up? Anything yeah, you'd like to add? Or? I mean, I've always said it. Look, we're, you guys are listening to us do this Bible study. Uh, get into your Bibles and read. Study it. Yeah. I mean, I told. I already said, you know, I got stuck on verse 17 for a while. My My brain was trying to put everything together. And it was yeah. just, there's a lot in 17. You said it before we even got to it. There's, okay, so it's only this long in the book, but the message behind that is just, I mean, it takes a lot of. Yes, <laughs> you're right. I like the way you put it. It's something that God can put down in one sentence or two sentences. It's yeah. like, man, I, I'll, I'll be on this for hours, you know? Yeah. And I, I really was. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to let this hang me up. Yeah. I got up, walked away for a minute, and, you know, got me a drink of water, went back, you know, but it just, that there's there's a lot of things in the Bible that if you just read over it, you'll never see it. I mean, I've read, Amen. I have read through the Bible. I did the whole read through the Bible in a year thing. Right. I did it. I felt accomplished, but you're just reading through the Bible and you get into a book like we're doing right now here or in Romans in in our church we're in john mm-hmm. and we're we're breaking it down and it opens up windows and it really does does everywhere it? i mean it does it, 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 what we're doing 
you're going to grow. I'm going to grow. We're going to grow. You can't yeah. even help it. When you when you start getting this serious about the Bible like we're doing right now, focusing on different words and mm-hmm. verse, focusing on this sentence, focusing on this concept. You, I mean, here we are three hours in, three hours in, and we've only made 20 verses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, there's so much there. It's it's amazing. It, it's It's so amazing. There's so much there. And, yes, when you start to study – it changes your way of thinking. That's what I was trying to get at earlier, and I rambled forever. It becomes you when you begin to really learn, which mm-hmm. you already do. I keep using you as an example just because you're the one sitting here. Hey, you know, that's all right. But when a person, I should say, really does what we're doing, gets in the word, believes it, adopts it, learns it, studies it out, realizes what it's saying, suddenly you are wiser man you become wiser you become more you become more and more you'll, you'll be so insightful into people's heart and mind and your own heart and mind mm-hmm. and and people will bring something up and this verse will come to your mind or this concept will come to your mind and these responses will come to your mind it just changes everything like you know i i i, I am nothing special i just use myself as an example because i was once an agnostic you know i was mm-hmm. once an unbeliever i was once a idiot basically i was so stupid with things that i thought and believed and then i started believing the word and man it has it changed me i think different i analyze different i see different i process different none of it to my credit i just got it all out of this book and guess what you got the same book and y'all out there y'all can have the same book it's Mm -hmm. there for the taking the insight the wisdom it's it's amazing man it is amazing you encourage people all the time i'm so glad you do you say that all the time get in the word and read it for yourself you i don't want you guys to believe everything we're saying no i don't i I mean because yeah back it up with the bible go look at it for yourself because it's in there we're not I've got a new King James. He's got a King James. We're reading. Yeah, it's the same thing, really. I yeah. mean, you know, and, and even Paul himself kind of says that. He says, look, I submit myself to your own conscience. You be the judge. Am I telling you the truth or not? Have I lied to you? Yeah. You look at it. Is that what it says? Well, yeah, that's what it says. You see what I'm saying? But them looking at it mm. is key. And and Paul himself also commended the Bereans in Acts. You know, he says that they were more noble than their fellows because they went and searched the scriptures to see if those things were true. Yeah. So there's a lot of power in the Bible, and of course we get into that often. And so we've talked long enough. Now you want to close this out, or um... yeah. Uh, so if you're seeing this on YouTube, hey, uh, subscribe. Uh, visit us on our website, uh, remnantpodcast.net. Everything we do is on there. Uh, like you said, street interviews are coming soon. Yeah. Uh, there is couples corner. There's also our uh yeah, logos yeah. hour logos life yeah logos I, life. Yep. we do like an hour long where we kind of bring this into the world that we live yep. in yeah it's in, to me it's interesting in fact yep. when i went on this trip to new jersey i actually went back and listened to three hours of me and you sitting there talking and i was <laughs> like this is captivating i mean <laughs> it was because i had forgot so much of what we talked about yep. and stuff and i listened to it all and i was like you know this is interesting you yep. know it's Good job. I think we're doing a good job yeah. with it, and so. But you can find everything that we do on there. We're on Odyssey, uh, YouTube, and several yeah, different. Yeah, you can just click the audio links, and it'll carry you it to. Yeah, we're all over the yeah. place right now, and going to try and stay with it and be faithful to the job, even though you're tired today. I'm tired. I'm glad we came in here and made yeah. it through anyway. You yeah, know? I'm hoping we both have a better week this next week. Yeah. We'll be a little bit more. <laughs> 
yeah be more energized and more more ready but that's just the way life is you know paul faced the same things keep oh, he yeah. kept on pushing pressing toward the mark he says so all right we appreciate you guys yep thank yeah. you